Wow, did you get a chance to catch your breath after that? You can go home now, right? That was great, great worship, man. I love that line, too, in that one song. It says, uh, we lift our banner high, but it's not the banner of the Patriots or the banner of the Seahawks, the banner that brings us together, the name of Jesus. And uh, that's why we've gathered here today, and, and that's what unites us, and the reason we have to celebrate, the reason we have to worship. Well, we're beginning a new series uh, today, and it's called Love Does, Bringing Love to Life. And I love uh, whenever we begin a new series, it gives us a chance for the next several weeks to, to just kind of light a, light a fire under, under one area of our lives. And, and this month, we really want to look at love, appropriate in the month of February, right? And, uh, and so we're going to take a look at love, but, but we want to bring love to life. And we, uh, I borrowed the title from a book that's uh, called Love Does. Very, very, very creative, isn't it? Uh, how many of you have heard of this book by Bob Goff, Love, Love Does? It's a great, great read, and uh, it's from a, Bob is a, he's actually an attorney, and he writes this book, and it's just story after story after story um, of his life, and, and he relates it to being a follower of Christ, and how there's a freshness to living when you, you break out of the ordinary, and you do some things in fun and creative, whimsical ways, and how we can just partner with God to just bring love to life. And so Bob tells a story in each chapter, and again, like I said, then he relates it back to his faith, and he has done some, some crazy things. And you read this book, and it just begins to inspire you. I was talking with somebody just, the, just uh, yesterday who said this was the first book they read after they became a follower of Christ. And so it's not your typical discipleship book, but there was something about this that just began to inspire them to say, when we are followers of Christ... We live our life in a different way. We should be breaking out of the norm. We should be breaking the mold of what's around us. And we live in a world that sometimes has all these preconceived notions and ideas of, of what the church is and what Christians are. And many times those aren't some of the best perceptions, are they? And we have an opportunity to bring a freshness to love and to bring a freshness to life in the way that we live. And, and we want to share some ways over the next several months, uh, next several weeks of how we can do that. And so, um, you know, in this book, Bob Goff just really begins to stretch my thinking. And, and I remember after reading this going, I want to shake some things up in my life a little bit. I want to do some things a little bit different. And I'm starting to see some pieces of that in some different ways. And, and just to give you an example, um, uh, he, uh, he, he's a lawyer. And you know where his office is? It's on Tom Sawyer Island at Disneyland. He said it's a public space and, you know, anyone can go there. And so that's where he meets with attorneys and high-powered clients. And, and he says, who can get angry and yell at you when you're at Disneyland at Tom Sawyer Island? I mean, this is what he thinks, and, and, and that's memorable, isn't it? That's pretty powerful, isn't it? And, uh, and all kinds of stories. He tells another story of, of uh, him and his wife, and he, his wife, is, her name's Maria, and he always calls her Sweet Maria. Isn't that nice? Sweet Maria. And, uh, and, and every day he actually gets up in his pajamas in the morning, and, and when the roses are in bloom, he, he goes, and before she gets up, he gets her a, a rose and brings it to her. Isn't that sweet? I know, men, we're going, don't, shh. <laughs> <laughs> Making us look bad here. I know, I know. It's trust me. Uh, he, he, and so they have this house uh, where they spend the summers, and and uh, it's a house that's right on the ocean. I'm sure it's by an inlet on the ocean. And so there's their house, the back porch, the backyard, and then there's the water. But between their backyard and the water, there's a path that runs along the waterfront. And he said in the summers and the late afternoons, um, he and Sweet Maria just like to sit back on the porch and watch as people kind of leisurely stroll along the waterfront. And oftentimes, you know, people are waving and couples are waving back. And, and so he and Sweet Maria, they, they wave back. And, 
and just kind of enjoy the pace of, of a day like that. And one day, a, a young man was walking by, and he was waving to them, and so they waved back, and he waved some more, and so they waved some more, and Bob realized, okay, he's, he's just standing there waving. So he gets up from the porch, he walks down the path, and he goes and, and he introduces himself. He says, hey, what's going on? And the, man, and, and the young man says, my name is Ryan, and, uh, and I'm in love. Bob's like, oh, great, Ryan, nice, nice to meet you. I'm, I'm glad you're in love. And he says, well, that, that's not what I came, came to tell you. Um, but I, I was kind of wondering, I've got this, this girl, and, and I really like her, and um, I, I want to marry her, and so um, I want to propose to her, and I was wondering if, um, if maybe uh, I could use your, your backyard to, to propose to her. Complete stranger, right? Complete stranger. And, and Bob, being the kind of guy that he is, as you'll read through, you know, hear from his stories, is just someone who's like, hey, who knows what God is up to? And he says, Sure, why not? Let's get you to engage. That sounds great. You guys can use my, use my backyard to, to get married. And so Ryan was excited. His, his plan was coming together, and he was bounding like a gazelle down the, down the pathway and, and just feeling high on, on love and on life. And uh, Bob and Sweet Maria probably looked at each other and goes, who knows what we just got ourselves into, but why not? The next day, same thing. They're sitting on the porch, and here comes Ryan kind of coming back, and he's waving, and he stops at the gate. Bob walks back down and he says, hey, Ryan, what's going on? How you doing? He says, oh, do, doing great. And, and he said, you know, we're still on for the engagement thing. Yeah, yeah, we're still on. And, and, uh, and he says, uh, I, I got another question for you. Um, do you mind if, um, if I would use your back porch to have a dinner for, for my fiance uh, on your back porch? I was like, well, um, sure, why, why not? Well, let's have a dinner. He goes, what, what can I make you? But he didn't even hear that, and, and, uh, and off he went. He was just excited. And, and then the next day, same thing, you know, Ryan, Ryan comes back, and now they're starting, you know, obviously recognizing each other and, and talking. And, and Ryan, I think this time, doesn't even hesitate. He just kind of opens the gate and walks up to, to the back porch and says hi to Bob and sweet Maria. And, and uh, they're talking about it, and he says, um, Actually, uh, Bob, I've got another question for you. You know how you said we can, I can propose here and be, you know, have a dinner on the back porch? He goes, do you mind if my friends would serve the meal and, and, and would do that? And he's like, no, I guess that'd be okay. How many friends are you, would, would do that? And he said, 20. <laughs> 20, 20 friends. And, and could we have some, some music and maybe have a little bit of dancing on the back porch too <laughs> afterward? And Bob at this point is like, hey, you know, why not? I'm, I'm already all in, so, so let's go for it. Let's make this a special, memorable kind of, uh, you know, gathering for, you know, surprise for your, for your bride-to-be. And then, you know, then another day passes, and, and, and Bob was, you know, half expecting Ryan to come every single day, and, and a day passed, and, and Ryan didn't come, and another one, and, and, and Bob was getting kind of sad about it. But sure enough, on the next day, there comes Ryan again, kind of, you know, all full of love and excitement. He comes in, he goes through the gate, walks up to, to Bob and, and sweet Maria, and, and, and he starts hesitating again, and Bob's thinking, oh boy, <laughs> what else is he thinking? And he said, and, and, and then Ryan was like, well, uh, Bob, um, do you have a boat? <laughs> Bob's like, yes. He's like, well, I'd love to propose to her on the boat. And Bob's like, what the heck? Let's go for it. Let's get her out on the boat. We'll, we'll propose to her. And they began to plan, and they picked a spot where they would do that and, and all that kind of stuff. And then Bob thought, he, oh, Bob thought, I've got another trick up my sleeve. And so anyway, the time passed, and it was, and, and it was time for the day of the, the big proposal. And of course, uh, Ryan's fiance had no clue about it. And uh, I'm sure she just thought they were going on a stroll along the ocean on the waterfront. And, and so they're walking along the path, and uh, they come up to, to Bob and Sweet Maria's house. And, and Ryan opens the gate and walks in. And she's like, 
Ryan, what, what are you doing? He said, don't, don't worry about it. And as they walked up the path, sure enough, the stage was set uh, on the back patio. There were lights and there was music and the dinner was set and the friends were serving them a fine meal. And Bob and, and Sweet Maria, I'm sure, were part of that. And, and after the meal, there was great dancing. And it was just a very special romantic evening as the stars started coming up. And when the meal was over, uh, Ryan led, led his fiance back down the path and over to the docks. And all of a sudden, he gets on the boat. And she's completely surprised and thinking, you know, you can't just go on someone's boat. And he said, I've got it taken care of. And there's Bob Goff at the helm with the boat. And they walk off the front to the bow and they start trolling through to the designated spot. And when they get to the spot that they had agreed on, just in case Ryan got a little tongue-tied or maybe you know, couldn't quite spit the words out, there on the shore, in, in huge candle letters, 50 of his friends had spelled out, Will you marry me? Question mark. He proposed and he asked the question, and of course... She said yes, right? I mean, you can't say no after that. But Bob had made the special plan at that moment, too, when he had heard about them trolling out. He had called his friend, who was an officer with the Coast Guard, and he had asked if he could bring out the fire boat that they had. And, and so they brought out the, the, the boat, and at the moment when she said yes, Bob gave a thumbs up to his friend on the Coast Guard, and he shot off all the water cannons at the same time. And he said it was like New York Harbor on the 4th of July with the Statue of Liberty in the background, and, and just this amazing wonderful evening. And what's so neat about this is just is, is that Bob seems to take opportunities in life and just kind of runs with them and kind of breaks convention. And, and, and here's what he writes at the, end, at the end of that chapter. I'm just going to have a little story time here with, with Mark. So here's what he says. He says, Ryan's love was audacious. It was whimsical. It was strategic. Most of all, it was contagious. Watching Ryan lose himself in love reminded me that being engaged isn't just an event that happens when a guy gets on one knee and puts a ring on his true love's finger. But being engaged is a way of doing life, a way of living and loving. It's about going to extremes and expressing the bright hope that light offers, a hope that makes us brave and expels darkness with light. That's what I want my life to be all about, full of abandon, whimsy, and in love. I want to be engaged to life and with life. I don't know if God was a little bit like Ryan when he created everything, or if Ryan was a little bit like God. But what I do know is that Ryan's audacious love is some of the best evidence I've found of the kind of love Jesus talked about. A love that never grows tired, or is completely finished finding ways to fully express itself. That kind of love. A love that steps out of the ordinary. A love that's willing to risk. A love that's willing to do some things that are a little bit crazy. A love that's willing to step out of convention. That's the kind of love that we want to embrace and want to talk about in these next several weeks. Now, I want to have that kind of love. I want to do those kinds of things. And sometimes I have ideas and things that I want to, that I want to pull off and, and, and creative uh, you know, ideas. And, and yet the reality is many times we're just busy. And life gets full, and, and those little nudgings, those little neat, uh, you know, kind of urgings that you feel to kind of do something, those promptings, you just kind of go, you know what, I'm too busy, and, and, and another week passes. And we just go through the routines of life.
Do we have a wireless? Oh, we just go right around. <laughs> very good. All right, now, where was I? I was saying I'm not very good at leaning into some of these promptings, and I realize I miss opportunities, and, 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 and I just want to find ways that, that encourage me to, to do a little more, to go the extra mile, to figure out a way to, to really put love into action. And so over these next several weeks, we want to look at how does love get put into action? Love does. Love is a verb, and we want to bring love to life. And so let's uh, dig into God's word, but before we do that, let's uh, bow our heads and just ask God to, to really open our hearts to what he has to say to us today. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time and this space. Thank you for the opportunity to pause and to open your word and to engage with you through worship and through the interaction with others around us, would you just open our hearts to hear your truth? And God, that something would trigger in us today that would spark in us to, to live life and to love in a fresh way. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Moderately better on your amens this week. You're, I'm, you're showing signs of improvement. That was a little bit better than first service. But uh, last week... Um, we, I did the, we did the dinner with, with friends that, that we had set up and just, you know, got together with several, several couples and we were sitting at our, our table and uh, it was time to, you know, we ordered and then it was time to eat. The food came and I guess by default the pastor usually gets to pray and so I prayed and I blessed the food and, and then I said, and thank you, you know, Lord for this food, amen. And, and all of them in unison went, amen, like really loud and I just kind of was like, whoa, and they said, hey, you know. We, you said we want strong amens, so they, they gave it to me there in that, in that moment. So anyway, I appreciate the, uh, the strong feedback. Well, let's turn to 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. So this isn't John 3.16, it's 1 John 3.16, which is one of the letters uh, towards the end of the New Testament. And there's a passage there that I really want us to look at as we look at love and the power of love that comes when we as followers of Christ look to God and look to Jesus as, as our example. So 1 John 3, 16 and 18. We'll also have it up on the screen for you. We know what real love is because Christ gave up his life for us. And it's so easy just to get in a scripture and miss this. We know what real love is because Christ gave up his life for us. So if we want to know what real love is, we just have to look at Christ. We understand, and what it did, it, it gave up. It was love that was put into action. And so we also ought to give up our lives for our Christian brothers and sisters. But if anyone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need and refuses to help, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let us stop just saying we love each other. Let us really show it by our actions. That's going to be kind of a theme verse for us as we, as we talk about this series. Other places say, not, let's not just talk about love and, 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 and make great claims, but let's really put it into action. Let's put truth into action. And we want to see that love is more than a theory. It's so easy for us to talk love and to sing songs about love and God is love and God, we raise that banner of love high. And it's easy to say as a church, you know, one of our values is that we would love, how? With no strings attached. Let's say it together. Love with no strings attached. Right? That sounds great, and that's a great challenge, and it's a great value. And it's easy to sit on a, on a, on a picture in the lobby as you walk in or, or on the back of our worship folder. But really, what does it look like to love with no strings attached, to put love into action and to take it out of theory world 
and to really say, this is a real deal. As followers of Christ, those of us who have committed our lives to Christ, how do we really give it flesh and bones and hands and feet and put it into action? Love cannot just be a theory. Love as a theory or as a thought or as, a, as something you hope to do is dead. Now, if I go to the grocery store and while I you know, run and bring, bring home some stuff and then I walk past that flower aisle and I think to myself, man, it would be great if I brought my wife some flowers. She would love it. It would be a great, you know, fresh uh, thing to come home and surprise her with it. And then I go, nah. But then I come home and I come home and I unload the groceries and I tell, tell Shannon, I said, you know what, hon? Um, I was in the grocery store, they have these amazing flowers, and I thought about buying you some. <laughs> isn't that great? <laughs> that doesn't count, does it? <laughs> does it? And I can't just say, well, hon, isn't, isn't it the thought that counts? I mean, how many times do we say it's the thought that counts? Does the thought really count? No. Action does. Love does. Those flowers in hand coming home saying, "Hun, I love you and I just thought of you. And that counts and that goes a long way. It's love in action. And we don't want love to just be a word or a thought that sits on a shelf and collects dust. And we don't want just love that's sort of this walking slow, it happens once in a while and, and it's kind of difficult maybe and maybe love is lost. We don't want that kind of love. We want a kind of love that runs and skips and jumps and is willing to jump into a lake or do a snow angel or willing to just to do some crazy, wild, and audacious things. And when that happens, all of a sudden, love seems to come to life. And what I want to talk about today specifically as we begin, and each week we'll be looking at a little different angle of how we can bring love to life and what love does. Today I want to begin with the idea of surprise. The idea of surprise. What was it like when we were sitting there and Jeff was doing the announcements as he does every week, and, or someone does every week, we have the announcements, and then you're kind of in this mode of going, all right, and then next we'll sing a couple songs. But today it was a little different, right? I mean, all of a sudden the guys come in and we're doing something fun. It, it creates a spark and it takes us out of the ordinary and surprise has a power that just opens us up to experiencing life in a different way and it, say, it seems to put love into motion. How many of you have ever been a part of a surprise party? that you threw, either threw for somebody or something like that, right? I mean, it's, it's kind of fun. It's like, shh, 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 we're throwing a surprise party. Don't tell anyone. And everyone kind of gets in on this, and it's fun. You know, the person that, that doesn't know about it, and, and then everybody makes their plans, and then you show up, and, and all of a sudden, right, that person walks in, and everyone goes, surprise, right? And it's just fun, and it's memorable, and, and, and we get to be a part of that. Now, I, I never got a surprise party in my life, and... Uh, and, and, and uh, I remember going through my kid years and, and my teen years and, and never got a surprise party. It's okay, I'll get over it. And, uh, and then my 20s came and went, no surprise party. My 30, I turned 30, and I didn't really get a surprise party, but my, did, my wife did push me out of an airplane uh, for skydiving, on, so that'll be another story on my 30th. She didn't jump with me. That was kind of interesting. Um, <laughs> Story for another day. I went through my 30s, no surprise party. Uh, hit 40, 40. Surely on my 40th, this is a big one. I'm going to get a surprise party. No surprise party. Uh, I still love my wife, you know, and there was never an expectation put out there, just living with expectancy, if you remember last month's series, you know, just someday, someday. And, uh, and so my, my, my birthday came and went, and my birthday is October, by the way, October 15th, in case you're noticing. You have a lot of time to get ready for it. Um, but, you know, my, my birthday came and went and passed, and, and it was like, you know, in the spring, it was April sometime, and middle of April, and uh, my wife had said, you know, arranged that 
we're getting together with some friends from the church, and we're going to get together, play some games, have some pizza, and, and just hang out, which is something that you know, we've done with them before. And So great, sounds good. So Friday night, we decide, let, let's go over there, and we load up the kids in the van, and we drive over to their house. And we get out, of the, get out of the van, walk up to the door, and the girls were in front of me, and I was doing something on my phone. I'm sure it was an important church-related thing that was on my phone. And, um, and as the door opened, I hear, Surprise! And that was kind of the look on my face, just like this. Uh, I couldn't quite figure out what was going on. This is April. I'm like, okay, it's not my birthday. It's not my wife's anniversary or anniversary um, special. I, I just couldn't figure out. It's none of my kids' birthdays. And then I walk in, and it says, happy birthday, Mark, 40th, 40 and a half birthday surprise party. <laughs> Shannon got me good. I had no idea. And there was a bunch of friends there, and they had it decorated, had cake and, and fun food. And then we you know, had games pre-planned. And, and it just made me feel so special. It made me feel loved to know that all these people were planning this thing unbeknownst to me, and that Shannon would take the time to do that. And there's something about surprise that catches us off guard, that opens us up to whimsy and to fun and to, to that expression of love, and it just breaks that routine. And when I think about all the stories of birthdays of my life, I can tell you my surprise birthday party on my 40 and a half birthday and getting pushed out of an airplane. That was a kind of a surprise. I mean, those two were pretty big, but isn't it interesting how surprise creates memories? Surprise brings love to life in a way like nothing else can. And it's, a, it's an easy way for us, but we have to take the risk to break out of the ordinary. Jesus loved surprises. And, and as I started thinking about the Bible and started thinking about the stories of, of Jesus and thinking, what role did surprise play in his life and in the way that he loved people? I think about a surprise party that he actually threw. You guys don't remember reading about the surprise party he threw? He was walking through town, and crowds were following him, and everybody wanted to see him, so people gathered around, and, and it got crowded. And There was a man in town, and he was known to us as a tax collector, and his name was Zacchaeus. What do we know about Zacchaeus? Was he tall, or was he short? Short. And what did we sing if you were in Sunday school many moons ago? Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man was he. So we just know this from the Bible. He was little and he couldn't see Jesus and, and yet he was a tax collector and, and which meant he, you know, and he was kind of corrupt and he was taking from people so he was on the outcast of, the, of society and people didn't really care much for him. And, and so he, but he wanted to see Jesus. So he climbs a tree, so he gets a good vantage point and he's, he's looking down and Jesus comes by and he stops right under that tree and he looks up and he calls Zacchaeus by name and he says, Zacchaeus, I'm having a surprise party at your house today. I'm coming over. Zacchaeus couldn't believe it. Jesus invited himself over on the spot, spontaneous gathering. He comes over to Zacchaeus' house, and, and in an amazing way, that act of surprise, that act of a party, that act of whimsy, that act of doing something out of the ordinary, it transformed Zacchaeus. He actually, without much prompting, we don't read probably the whole account in, in Scripture, but through that encounter, Zacchaeus begins to soften his heart, and he says, God, he says to Jesus, whatever I've stolen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to repay that, and I'm going to repay it multiple fold, and I'm going to sell half of my possessions, I'm going to sell my stuff, I'm going to give it to the poor. And he was transformed through a simple act of showing love and noticing, and Jesus breaking the routine and breaking the pattern. And he did this over and over again throughout his ministry. It was another party that Jesus threw, kind of a big surprise. We're actually just one chapter into the Gospel of John, where John's telling the story of Jesus coming to earth, and John the Baptist, um, you know, announcing Jesus is coming. Jesus calls his disciples, and then chapter two, the very first thing, Jesus is at 
a party. He's actually at a wedding. And, and the wedding has many guests, and, and Jesus is invited, and the disciples, and Jesus' mother, Mary, was there. And somehow word got to Mary, and she found out and heard, they've run out of wine, which was a major known, I'm sure it was non-alcoholic wine. I'm sure. I'm sure it was non-alcoholic wine. They ran out of wine, and uh, Mary said to, to Jesus, she said, um, you got to do something about this. And Jesus was kind of reluctant. He's like, Mom, you know, I can't use my special powers just in any time, you know, like that. He's like, my time hasn't come yet. And she's like, and she said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. And Jesus, being a good son, obedient to his mother, he said, all right. And he told the servants, he said, fill these water jugs. And there were six of them there, six tall water jugs, 20 to 30 gallons each. He said, fill them up with water and take them to the, the master of ceremonies. And so they did that. And they took him to the master of ceremonies, and, and he dipped out, and of course he had wanted to sample it before serving the people, and he took a taste. It wasn't water. And he called the groom who hosted this party, and who it would be a great embarrassment to that they ran out of wine at a big wedding feast. And he brought him over, and he said, why did you save the best wine for last. Don't you know that in a party, normally you serve that first, and then when everyone's had a little bit too much and maybe doesn't care about the taste, then you bring out the best stuff? But Jesus brought out the best wine. Gallons and gallons worth, 120 gallons worth of wine. Talk about a surprise. Jesus understood that even in this setting, he was going to be about life, and he was going to be about breaking convention and breaking the norm. And time after time, Jesus didn't just follow the kind of prescribed order. He stepped out, and he brought life to ordinary situations. And that's the thing with surprise. If I want to think about surprise and, and something for us to take away, it's just this simple. Surprise happens when the usual doesn't. Surprise happens when the usual doesn't. We're so good at going through life with the usual. We know our morning routine. We know our traffic. You know, when we drive, we know where everything happens. We know how the routine is at work. We know how it is when we come home. We know our schoolwork, the schedules. And it's just routine and the usual. And it's so easy to think in terms of when do we find time to love? When do we have those moments? And what we can do is we can break the routine. And when we break the normal, when we break the, the stuff that just happens in, in every day, all of a sudden, God wants to do something big. And, and sometimes it's just through the small and simple ways that, that surprise happens. At, uh, at, at my last church, we used to, to do these days where we would go out for a couple hours and we would just ambush people with love. We called them live love days. And, and just fun to think about ambush, right? Like you imagine kind of like a, a car pulling up, you know, or, or, or a van with all tinted windows, right? And then you pull up somewhere, throw open the doors, and people jump out and they ambush some people with love and then you jump back in and you drive off and everyone's going, whoa, what just happened here? Who did that? Who was that? Well, we kind of had that idea. We didn't quite take it that far, so we'll work on that here. Um, but what we did with our family is we wanted to get our, our kids involved with that and find fun, simple ways to just completely surprise people. And one of the ways we did that with our girls is we got these otter pops, you know those freeze pops you stick in your freezer and, and they're just all healthy and nutritious, um, vitamin-packed goodness um, in those frosted popsicle things. And so we would freeze up a bunch of them, a whole box of them, 100, 150, I don't know what's in them. Um, and then we put them in a, in a cooler and then we would take them out and we would go to places, especially, you know, when it was hot and, and, and where people are working on a Saturday morning. And it was, we'd go to like, you know, to, to big old tires or discount tires or the, the auto parts places and shops where people are, where the, where the men are working. And so we'd pull up to the garage areas, you know, and where guys are just, you know, they're covered in grease and they're sweating and they're working hard. And then we'd send these four little girls, you know, we'd always send them ahead of us, and they'd be like, would, uh, 
would you like a pop- <laughs> would you like a popsicle or would you like an otter pop? And you watch these 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 gruff guys kind of going. You know, how, how, do you re- how do you respond to that with a little girl? And, and at first, like, no, no, I'm, I'm okay. Like, that's okay. What color would you like? We'd always say, what color would you like? That's a good sales technique. So you don't really ask me. If you want it, you say, which one do you like? Right? That was extra. You don't want to charge you for that one. Um, what color would you like? You know, right? And then so then they, you know, I'll have a green one. <laughs> and then so cut a green one. And you watch this guy, you know, he's like eating this, this Otter Pop. And then sure enough, like some of the other guys going, hey, what, what do you got over there? Uh, can I have one? <laughs> you know, and it's just fun to watch these guys. And it's just this little moment that, that breaks the routine of their day. And it costs us all of like 10 cents and, you know, per person. And, 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 and I can just see some of these guys going home and going, hey, hon, how was your day? You know, well, you never guess. These little girls came up and, and they just said, you know, we just, just you know, got ambushed by love. And they gave us these, these, these otter pops. It's little stuff. It doesn't have to be significant, huge ways to, that, that we throw these massive surprise parties with boats and coast guards and all that kind of stuff. It can be sometimes in, in surprisingly simple ways. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that next week. But this element of surprise is beautiful because it, it really takes people off guard and it really opens us up where people might say, you know, who does that? What kind of person um, w- would just do that? And Jesus did that throughout his life. If we follow the story of Jesus, it was one surprise after another. As a matter of fact, it began on the very first day that Jesus came to earth, <laughs> Christmas. Who would expect that the God of the universe would come to earth, not in like a, you know, a flaming chariot with Pegasus horses flying around, right? That's what I would think, like, charge the army angel, like, I'm here to take the world, you know, this is our God, I'm here. Jesus comes as a baby in a manger. That's it, wrapped in swaddling cloths. And it was a surprise, and it broke convention. It wasn't the Messiah. It wasn't the way people expected Jesus to come because he stepped into a time where the religious order had everything so very specific in how they should live and how they should behave and how they should act. And you didn't want to do anything wrong, and you didn't want to mess up. And the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law, they made sure that order was kept. And when you did everything perfect and you lived life just perfect, then you were righteous and holy. And God stepped into the system and he realized it wasn't just about continuing to walk the system but to shake it up and to show that the love of God breaks through in different ways. And time and again, we hear of Jesus breaking convention. When he taught the Sermon on the Mount, his famous sermon where, he, where we read it in, in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, time and time again he says, you have heard it said, but I tell you. He says, here's what you kind of see and what you think, but here's a different way. For example, you know, you've, said, you've heard it said that, you know, you should take an eye for an eye, you know. But I tell you, when somebody slaps you on one cheek, turn the other cheek. That's kind of surprising, right? Have you ever been in a fight? <laughs> Whoa, I wasn't expecting that. Here's the other one. I mean, that kind of, you think that would throw the rhythm of the fight off a little bit, you know? It, it's, it's, a, it, it's a surprise. He says, when somebody asks you for your, your shirt, give them your coat, too. Oh, you're going to take my shirt? Well, here, let me give this to you as well. Back then, a soldier could ask you to, pa- to carry his pack a mile, a Roman soldier, and you'd have to carry it for one mile. And he says, if, if you were asked to carry it for one mile, when you're done at that mile, offer to t- carry it a second mile. Surprise. Taking it to a level that wasn't there before. Put love into action. Do something. He says, if you're going to come to church to worship and you bring your gift that, that you've come to worship with, He says, if you have something against your brother or brother has something against you, leave your gift at the altar and go and be reconciled to your brother. What he's saying, don't just talk love. Don't just have love be a theory. Put it into action. 
And he kept throwing surprises all over the place. He, was, he would travel with his disciples, and one day they were going through um, Samaria, a region that was next to where, where you know, they lived. And, but the Jews and the Samaritans didn't, didn't interact. And so they tried to avoid each other. As a matter of fact, the Jews would sometimes walk around Samaria to avoid the Samaritans. But Jesus and his disciples went right through Samaria, and they got to a town in a village, and Jesus sent the disciples up ahead to go get some food. And he sat at the well, and in the midday of, uh, of the mid of day, a woman came, a Samaritan woman, and he began to talk to her. And it actually says in Scripture, she was surprised. Why would Jesus, a male and a Jew, talk to me, a woman, a Samaritan, in the middle of day? This is, just wasn't common convention. It wasn't appropriate. But Jesus broke that convention, and through that opportunity, through taking a risk, through taking a chance, he got to speak to her about drawing living water out of a well, not just the kind of water where you're going to thirst again. And he took these opportunities. And now imagine the surprise of his followers, when, and especially his disciples, when they were envisioning, all right, okay, Jesus, you came as a baby and whatnot, but surely you're, gonna be, you're the Messiah, you're the Savior, you're the King, you're going to establish the throne here. You're going to take the throne and, and rule from Jerusalem. I know it, and we're going to be there with you. And he says, actually, um, the Son of Man has come not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Meaning, I'm, I'm going to die. I'm going to give up my life. No, Jesus, that can't be. That's not how it's supposed to work. And then when they saw him arrested, and then they saw him crucified and nailed to a cross, the Messiah, the Savior, dead, quite a surprise, wasn't it? This is not how the story is supposed to unfold. Jesus taking my place on that cross, dying for my sins, who does that? And then they put him in the tomb, they bury him, they think it's over, they think it's done. And then on that Easter morning, the women arrive at the tomb and they're ready to kind of wrap Jesus' body in more burial cloth and they come and what do they see? The, the stone has been rolled away. And they look inside and the tomb is empty. And then they are speaking to who they thought was a gardener and it's Jesus saying, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Surprise! <laughs> He's alive. And Jesus, over and over again, he just says, calls us to a life that isn't ordinary. A life that just follows the convention and follows the patterns of this world and we just kind of do like everybody else. But as believers, we can have a way as followers of Christ to say, we want to live life differently. We want to break the routine. And maybe the challenge for you this week is how can you bring love to life? How can you bring something out of the ordinary? How can you break the routine at home or with your family or in the neighborhood or at the grocery store? What would it look like if, if you're, you're in, in the grocery line and, and when the person in front of you is all done, she said, you know, she said the total is going to be, hopefully it's less than $100 or something, I don't know, whatever. And you go, I got that. And you swipe it. Surprise somebody like that. Or sometimes it's as simple as what I, I'll do at, the, at a checkout and I'll just ask the teller, I'll be like, hey, what candy bar do you like? What's a good candy bar to get? Help me out here. And, and they'll be like, oh, you know, Twix. I'll be like, great. I'll ring it up and then I'll go, that's for you. It's a little something. It breaks the surprise. You know, it, it's a moment where you have an opportunity and people might go, who does that? And it gives them a chance um, to tell a different story. Now, I, I want to give you guys another idea of how you can maybe bring whimsy and surprise and, and just be part of some of the great capers that God may want you to be a part of this week. And so I came across this video, and uh, again, maybe this gives you an idea of something you can do this week. Hello. Hey. Hey. Hey, what time are you going to be back tonight? Um, later, I'm guessing around dinner time, like early, you know, early this evening. 
Okay, cool. I think I'm going to do something with the kids. I just don't want to sit here all day. Okay, that sounds good. Alright, drive safe. I love you. game? You think that's going to be a story those kids will tell the rest of their lives? <laughs> There's a great line in there. It said, who does something like this? No one. And I want us to ask that line, who does that? But more than us asking that, I want people to ask that about you and about me. What can you do this week where someone asks you that question? Who does that? And maybe you'll have the opportunity and maybe you won't, but you can share at some point and say, you know what? I do that. Because God was audacious and ridiculous and, and abundant in his love for me in the way that he just loves me, that I can love in fresh and exciting ways. And I want to do something crazy and something fun, and I want to surprise somebody in some way. We want to encourage you to do that this week and over the next several weeks. And, uh, and so what we want you to do is to come up with something in different ways. Maybe you come up with a way to do that this week or several times this week where you surprise somebody with love. And what we want you to do is to take a picture of that moment. And we want you to tag that with the hashtag, bring love to life. And you can do that on Instagram, on Facebook, or on Twitter. And this isn't about you bragging about, look what I did and I had this great idea. It's about encouraging and inspiring others to say, this was fun. Look at the fun that I had and, and here's what I did. And what we're going to do each week, we're going to pick somebody in each service and we're going to give away a copy of the book Love Does for the, rest, for the rest of the month. And so maybe we can give each other some ideas of some creative ways to, uh, to live love and to bring that to life and uh, just, just to... Uh, to spark something fresh in our everyday lives. I want us to be the kind of people where people ask, who does that? And I want us to be the kind of church where people say, what kind of church does that? What kind of church just has, can have that much fun? What kind of church can have that much impact? Who goes and serves in that kind of way and, and takes on the projects that we do? Would we be the kind of church that just brings love to life? That's my hope and that's my prayer. And I hope that we leave here today just inspired to, to come up with some of a creative way for us to surprise someone and to bring love to life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time together here today. Thank you for the inspiration and the creativity of people who don't take themselves too seriously and who are willing to look at everyday situations and wonder, what can I do? 
to bring love to life in the situation. God, we don't just want to be people who talk about love, but we want to be people of action. Help us to find ways to love this week and just find the joy of that and to see you working through that and for us to just be a part of the great story that you're unfolding. We love you and we just uh, pray for a wonderful rest of our day. In Jesus' name, amen. We're not going to close in worship. We're going to close with another fun surprise for you. And maybe you already caught it on the way in or you caught the aroma of hot dogs. But we have a small tailgate party for you outside there. And we've got hot dogs for you and some chips and some drinks. And so go out and enjoy and hang out and, uh, and have a wonderful week. Take care. God bless.